It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Fresh and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerd? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Shine nerds. Welcome to the Backroom Morning Show, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt. I'm the station manager for LTN Radio. I'm a third generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. Also, when I was a kid, I competitively raced horses. And I'm Mo, the shorter yet louder and some might even say smarter counterpart of the back row. I'm a wife, mom, and super fan of all things friends. And I can't go to bed at night without having a small snack. Just before I fall asleep. What's your go-to snack? It changes. It used to be ice cream. It's currently cereal. It's because you said currently as I was. (laughs) Yeah. It is now a small cup of cinnamon toast crunch. Mm, Okay. You know what? I ain't mad at you for that. Mm -hmm. That was a good cereal. Right. That was a good cereal. Mm -hmm. Today on the show, we will be celebrating the legacy of John Baker. We've also got a game, a bad joke, five random facts, things we love, and more. But first, today is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021, and we got some holidays to celebrate. Sheesh. I still can't get over the fact that it's March. Look, see... A lot of people are saying that this year is already worse than 2020, but the one thing that I see that makes it better is that this year is flying by. 2020, especially January. You remember the end of January 2020? We were all saying that was a great year last month. It Uh, drug on for every single person. I was on a cruise at the end of January 2020. Mm. Mm -hmm. So at the end, it didn't drag on for you, but Mm -hmm. drag on for everybody else. Mm -mm. Um, so our holidays today, National Anthem Day, mm-hmm. uh, National I Want You to Be Happy Day, <laughs> and National If Pets Had Thumbs Day. So as I was writing that one, I was like, I wonder if I could write to some just crazy, wacky, unbelievable type holiday and Mo would just read it and accept it as, yeah, that's totally a holiday. Because... That sounds like a completely ridiculous thing to have a national holiday for. If pets had thumbs? Yeah. I mean, it is. <laughs> but it's real. I don't even question it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Well, you know what else it is? <laughs> that was your hand. Did you just punch your microphone? What's Apparently. Going on? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Hate these stupid holidays. Bang! Also, I have no depth perception. <laughs> Oh, it's game day Wednesday, and today we are going to go head to head in a new game from uh, uh, for us. Sorry, for not from us, for us. Called do called do you know me? Do you know me? Yeah. Each of us are answering fifteen multiple choice questions about our preferences, and we are going to see who knows the other better. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Mm So Mo has already answered these questions, and I'm going to try and guess her answers. So first up, what is Mo's favorite season? Four options available, and I'm pretty sure your favorite is. There's one clear answer. Oh gosh, I don't know what it is. Really? 
Yeah. Is it summer? No. <laughs> nope. Autumn was your choice. Autumn. I was thinking cruises, and don't those usually happen in summer? Yeah, usually. So that's what I was thinking. Usually. All right, well, I got one wrong, but for a good reason. If Mo was a video game, what type would she be? Action, sports, adventure, or party? Party. Um, ooh, could be adventure. But it could also be party, because it is Mo, guys. Party. Whoa. Yay! <laughs> what is Mo's favorite type of music? It's not on here. Wow. Told you. <laughs> Pop, rock, dance, or country? Well, you can... <laughs> Cut that one out. <laughs> um, shoot. Pop? Yay! Got that one. Let... What? What is my favorite type of... Rap. Hip-hop. Yeah. Hippity-hop. The hip-hop cheese. Hip-hop. From yesterday. Hippity-hop. Uh, <laughs> what animal is most like Mo? Dog, cat, lion, or turtle? Uh, see, this is guessing what you're going to say, though. <laughs> I would say lion. Yay! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's Friday night. Mo is partying, stuck at work, asleep, binge-watching TV shows. Well, if it's accurate, she's stuck at work. This is not a party. It is a party. <laughs> it is a party. I'm claiming that point. Uh, <laughs> this is, it's way more party than work. If uh, Let's see here. If Mo had one wish, what would it be? To be the best at everything? To have superpowers, to have money, or world domination. Hmm. 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 <laughs> I don't feel like you talk about wanting superpowers. World domination is not your style, because that's too much responsibility. Uh, money, I don't really feel like you complain about money a lot, but that could be because you're just uncomfortable talking about it. I feel like you want to be the best at everything. Ah, oh, money. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Didn't know you're the cruises. I need to spot you some. <laughs> you can spot you five if you need <laughs> gas to get home or something. <laughs> what period would Mo like to have been born in? The Dark Ages, the '60s, the present, or the future? The '60s. Woohoo! Yeah. All right. All right. In a word, describe Mo's style: classy, glamorous, fancy. Or hipster. I hated all of these. Yeah, choices. these are all bad. Mm -hmm. Hipster? Hey! Because I ain't classy. <laughs> <laughs> what would make Mo most happy? More sleep, less work, more time with friends and family, or more wealth? Well, I wouldn't say more wealth until that last question. That was money. I'm going to say more time with friends and family. Ding, 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 ding. I'm doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, what does Mo look for most in a friend? Loyalty, kindness, humor, intelligence, loyalty. 100%. <laughs> What's Mo's favorite color out of? Green, red, blue, and pink? Well, it's not pink. We've already discussed that previously in our personal discussions. Um, blue? Blue. All right. What is Mo's favorite type of movie? Comedy, action, romantic, or sci-fi? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's sci-fi. I don't think it's action. Comedy. Dang it. Romantic. 
I did the same thing with my thumb, by the way. Do you go with romantic comedies? Yes. If, that, if rom-com was the option, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. All right. What is Mo best at? Baseball, football, basketball, or hockey? Ba, 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 baseball? Baseball. Yeah. Uh, what is the most important thing in life for Mo? Friends and family, sports, work, video games. Friend, I mean, who's not going to say friends and family? You're going to be a horrible person. Last one. What is Mo's favorite drink? Water, coffee, tea, or alcohol? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. You love all four of these things. <laughs> day without three of them so you love alcohol that much <laughs> is what you're saying <laughs> um okay coffee dang water okay i'm not gonna spend my whole day drinking coffee i don't know your life <laughs> you might Jeez. i don't monitor your water intake i see a bottle of water and a can of bubbly over here which is water kinda it's water yeah i guess so it is 100% water not 100%. Okay. <laughs> There's zero calories. <laughs> well, that means it's water. My it's... diet, Dr. Pepper, is water. 100% water. No calories, no sweeteners, <laughs> all smiles. All right. Let's see my score. Oh, this is an interminably long time calculating my score. Why does it have to do this? Why can't it just show me a number? 82%. 82% was my score. Okay. So I'm going to be... Picking a different set of questions here. All right, Mo is now going to be guessing the answers to my set of questions. You need to read them out loud, read the question, and then the answers, and then pick your choice. Okay, so, I mean, essentially, we're figuring out who the better friend is, right? Essentially. Yeah, okay. And I got 82%, so you gotta beat that. What is Matt most scared of? <laughs> Heights, bills, clowns, spiders. And I can only pick one. You can only pick one. <laughs> that was a hard one for me. Heights. Oh, mm. I'm what? more scared of clowns than I am of heights. For real? For real. I'm very scared of heights, but I am more terrified of clowns. How do I go to the next question? Uh, oh, it's it on the It just does it automatically. What would Matt prefer for breakfast? Toast, cereal, eggs, just a drink. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know your life. <laughs> um... I give you. I don't know. <laughs> you like cereal, but you're not going to eat cereal now because it's not keto friendly. Right, but it's so actually what I would prefer. Yeah. So go with your gut. I could just be saying that. I, exactly. That's them. exactly what I just thought. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I'm saying cereal. <laughs> Cereal. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't eat cereal, but I would prefer to eat cereal. Where would Matt go on a day off? The countryside, the city, the beach, stay at home. Well, his boys are at home. <laughs> so that ain't it. He doesn't Throw like the right beach. Out. He's not a fan. Of I'm the not beach. a fan of the beach. You're right about that. <laughs> noises you make when you're thinking. <sighs> I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say the city. 
Yeah. Good job. Good job. Okay. <laughs> what is Matt's favorite time of the day? Early morning, after lunch, evening, late at night. Okay, so I just learned this last week that you would prefer to wake up early and get things done in the morning. I don't know that that's your favorite time of the day, but <sighs> I want to say early morning. Yes. <laughs> I think you like know a lot of these really quickly, but you're trying to talk yourself out of them. Um, well, yeah. Freaking out. Freaking out, man. Uh, what would Matt always carry with him in a travel bag a phone charger extra money travel guide or toothbrush i'm gonna have to say a phone charger yes no brainer yeah what superpower would matt like to have super strength be able to stop time invisibility be able to fly oh my gosh okay um I don't really think. Oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. Okay. I don't know, Matthew. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going with. I'm stuck between strength and invisibility. I don't think that you care that much about time. You don't really care that much about flying. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, I'm saying strength. Oh, really? Yeah. I would prefer to stop time, uh, have the ability to stop time. And my second one would be flying. Really? <laughs> Yeah, invisibility would never be on a, a list of wish superpowers for me because I think that's the creepers. I agree. Uh, I do agree. Like that's just that's. Why do you want to be that's invisible? A, that's a what temptation you... for yourself. Then even if that's not your goal, yeah. When having that, okay. Just snooping on people, nah. But see, I went with strength. Yeah, I, I, I mean, strength. It's 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 in it's in the list, but it's not the top. I real why time? I don't know. I think it'd be fun. But what would be the benefit? I don't know. I didn't always... say that I had to be a hero. It just said that I had to have a power. <laughs> okay. You've even said, you have even said, you yourself have even said, if I were going to stop time, I would have to be able to be at the exact place at the exact time to know exactly what I need to do in order to stop something from happening. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's that's not a, that's not a power I want to be a superhero. I think it would just be cool to have that as a power, period. I'm calling shenanigans. Because <laughs> it's almost it's almost like super speed. Like I, I just rewatched Days of Future Past, uh, where they introduced Quick Quicksilver. Okay. Uh, in that movie. Uh -huh. And you know, there's that scene where we see him and his speed when he's running around and fixing everything and you know, moving the bullets so it doesn't hit anybody and knocking out the other people where essentially time is standing still. Yeah. Like, that's cool. That's something that's I wish I could do. That's a burden. It's a burden, sure. <laughs> but it's cool. All right. What would Matt rather be? A famous singer, an elite athlete, a respected politician, or a great architect? 
famous Everyone singer. Everyone knows my love of architecture. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to be a famous singer, that, but exactly, of those four, of those four I would four, pick that, I yeah. guess. Um, <clears throat> if, there were, if there was only 24 hours until the world ended, what would Matt do? Sleep, look for a good view, every crazy thing he could think of, or say goodbye to everyone? Oh, man. Say goodbye? <laughs> that would be an awful way to spend your last 24 hours. But you're not a... I'm, oh, wow. What did you hit? Say... Or crazy. Oh, every no, crazy I, thing. I didn't say goodbye to everybody. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm sentimental like that. Yeah, but it's sad. Indeed. I know. Sad. I would sacrifice my happiness for that 24 hours just see, to see everybody one more time. <laughs> okay uh what would end up happening really is that you would just spend time with Deidre and the boys because... Essentially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would matt prefer to receive as a gift chocolate books flowers alcohol books, books. <laughs> i mean i like chocolate and all i don't love it that much yeah and uh i mean i love a good set of flowers but Society doesn't want me to get flowers as a gift. That's not. It's not a man's gift. So, <laughs> I live with his burden every day. All I want is a dozen roses for my wife, <laughs> and she will never buy them for me. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. What would Matt take with him to a desert island? Yeah, that's desert. Not if it's dessert. dessert. It would have. Two helpings of S in the middle. Like two helpings a of dessert. A fork. That's what he would take with him to a dessert island. Uh, a book, a radio, a knife, a football. I mean, <laughs> I feel like knife would be the practical answer. It would be the practical answer. A radio. But you got the right one. <laughs> what does Matt prefer talking about? Sports, celebrities, religion, politics. Religion. Yep. Uh, how would Matt prefer to spend a weekend? Fishing, rock climbing, sunbathing, going to concerts. Going to concerts. Yep. Good job. <laughs> if they made a movie about Matt's life, what type of movie would it be? A comedy, a drama, an action movie, Romantic movie. A com oh, you didn't Whoa. pick that one out enough. <laughs> That's a comedy. It would be funny, but Your it would definitely be a drama. <laughs> it yeah. would be one of those like funny people that that drama, you know, that kind of comedy a drama. A drama. A drama. Yeah. <laughs> if Matt could, what? Oh, what one of their senses would they improve? I mean, currently. <laughs> I what don't are the know. options? Sight, hearing, taste, smell. Sight? I guess sight. Are you asking me? I'm Am I going to give you the answer here? Hey, <laughs> sight. Yes, I have only, really, this is only coming into effect during COVID. Because I cannot stand wearing my glasses and wearing a mask at the same time because nothing, nothing stops it from fogging up. No product, no spray, no wipe, no dish soap, no any home remedy. Every single thing that has been told to me as buy this, do this, do this, and it won't fog up has never worked. Yeah. And so I would really love to just not need glasses. That's fair. And I don't want to pay for contacts. <laughs> Ditto. 
What adjective best describes Matt? Childish, happy, sociable, hardworking. Hardworking. Thank you. You're welcome. And correct. Is that it? I think that's everything, but it'll show you your, it'll slowly show you your score after this ad. And you'll see what I mean, what I was complaining about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Go away. Mm-hmm. Slowly mm-hmm. tabulates. So oh, slow. Wow. Look how slow that's going. At least it's a gold it. star. Oh, you beat me by 3%. I'm Dang. the better friend. I'm the better friend. Dang, good job. I'm the better friend, better friend, better friend. But hey, within three percent of each other and both in the eighties, yeah. not bad. Not bad. Not at all. bad at all. Although it is kind of depressing that after, I mean, how many years of working together weekly, and then six years of being a part of each other's life. It was only in the 80%. <laughs> I see this as an absolute win. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, John Baker and Celebrate Recovery. But first, Faith and Fandom with Hector Mira. Stick around. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180. LTN Radio. So I want to talk about WandaVision for a second. And don't worry, no spoilers. And even if you have no idea what's going on in WandaVision, that's okay too. Because this is going to be just based on one single line. And personally, I think it's the most quotable line in the entire series so far. And I think it also carries the most potency per letter. (laughs) of anything out of the entire series. But there's this moment where Vision makes this statement. What is grief, if not love, persevering? And, man, the minute I heard it, which, by the way, I saw it quoted on people's Facebook statuses before I even got to watch the show. Thanks, guys. Um, But the minute I heard it, It just hit me deep. It hit me in my soul. It hit me hard. Because the reality is, beyond just what we see in WandaVision and anything else, grief and love persevering to me honestly boils down to Jesus. And not just a straight Jesus juke the situation, but this is honestly what stirred in my soul the minute I heard this line. Because I go back to Mark 14. And where Jesus is praying before the cross, he's praying before he's arrested and he literally is drowning in grief. Check this out in Mark 14, 34. There's this verse that says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Verse 35 says, going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Verse 36 says, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus was embodied with grief over what was about to come, but it's the fact that his love perseveres that his love persevered and is persevering, that we find freedom, that we find hope 
that we find redemption and that we find love and salvation. And that is love persevering. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And today on the show, we're celebrating the legacy of John Baker. But before we do that, I've got five random facts for you. You ready? What are they about? The Star Spangled Banner. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Patriotic. Yeah. It's National Anthem Day. So. America. <laughs> Although Francis Scott Key was a known poet, not songwriter, he intended all along for the Star Spangled Banner to be sung and not read. That's surprising. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Yep. Key was on a mission dispatched by President James Madison to negotiate the release of a prominent surgeon who had been captured during the Battle of Bladensburg when the attack on Baltimore took place. He was not being held captive, as most believe, but was really just in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. The flag Key hailed at twilight's last gleaming did not actually fly through the perilous fight. Due to the size and weight of the fort's flag, it would have become waterlogged and snapped the flagpole during the storms of that historic night. A smaller flag would have been hoisted before the storm to fly in its place and then in the morning would have been replaced with the normal, larger-sized flag, which is what Key would have seen in the morning flying over in victory. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, originally titled Defense of Fort McHenry, A Baltimore music store printed the first sheet music for the song and chose the more lyrical title, The Star-Spangled Banner. And lastly, Key was much more successful in his legal day job than he was as an amateur poet and songwriter. In fact, his closest family and friends said he was not musical at all and even said he was quite tone deaf. Wow. Mm -hmm. Those are all facts I did not know about this story. You're very welcome. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff. If you've been listening to us for a while, you've likely heard us talk about Celebrate Recovery, sometimes in passing, sometimes as a main topic, but CR has been a major part of both of our lives in recent years. For those of you who may be unaware, Celebrate Recovery is a faith-based 12-step program for all habits, hurts, and hang-ups. Um, There are thousands and thousands of Celebrate Recovery groups in America and all over the world, and there are outreaches for prisoners, for Native cultures, for veterans, for teenagers, and even pre-covery for children in hopes to educate and encourage children to avoid addictive and codependent behaviors. And this year is the 30th anniversary of the program. John Baker, a, a normal guy with a normal life and a common addiction, came up with the idea after going through recovery in a normal Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. He wasn't anybody particularly special other than the fact that he was ready and willing to be used by God to do whatever he was led to do. He attended Saddleback Church and typed up a 13-page, single-spaced proposal for a faith-based 12-step program that focused on lessons, testimonies, deeper step studies, and truly open, open share groups. John passed away last Tuesday, kind of unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. And I want to share with you an article from Christianity Today that came out since. 
Celebrate Recovery founder John Baker, who turned his testimony recovering from alcoholism into a biblical 12-step program used by more than 7 million people, died unexpectedly on Tuesday at age 72. Baker's ministry began in 1991 at Saddleback Church in California and has spread to 35,000 churches nationwide over the decade. Decades. Celebrate Recovery is credited with helping destigmatize addiction among evangelicals and opening the church up as a safer place for recovery. Uh, Kay Warren, uh, co founder of Saddleback Church and a mental health advocate, says 30 years ago, John Baker turned the ruins of his life over to Jesus Christ and God transformed him from a driven businessman with an addiction to alcohol, a failing marriage, and alienated children to a Christ follower with a passion to help others with their hurts, habits, and hangups through the principles of recovery. There is simply no way to put into words how I love John and will miss this kind, creative, brilliant, and faithful man. Uh, Baker was raised in Collinsville, Illinois. He shares his testimony uh, that he grew up a believer in a Baptist church, but struggled with feelings of unworthiness. He partied in college at the University of Missouri and as an officer in the Air Force, and his drinking habit grew as his career in business took off in his 30s. Eventually, Baker considered himself a functioning alcoholic, turning his back on God and speaking, or sorry, separating from his wife. When he hit his bottom, he began attending daily AA meetings, working through the steps and finding hope in a God who loved him unconditionally. His efforts to make amends to his wife, Cheryl, as part of the 12 steps, led him, uh, led to him attending Saddleback Church with her, which at that point was a, a relatively small congregation meeting in a gymnasium. Uh, and he heard Rick Warren preach uh, and basically decided that he had found a new church home. Uh, shortly after that, they renewed their marry, marriage vows uh, a few months later. Baker immediately saw the need to connect the gospel with the recovery program he had gone through. In my men's small group, I, could talk, I couldn't talk about my struggle, and at AA, I couldn't talk about my Savior. And since the program speaks in, in more secular terms about a higher power, uh, he wrote out a version for what would become Celebrate Recovery's own version of the 12 Steps, each one paired with a teaching from Scripture and shared it with Rick Warren back in 1991. And as the story goes, Warren replied, Great, John. Go do it. And the program soon launched at Saddleback. Uh, he, he presented that as a program idea that someone else in the church should do. Right. <laughs> a pastor, somebody yeah. should lead this. And, uh, you know, John trusted him with this program, with this idea, with the passion that he had. Uh, so Baker went on to study at Golden Gate Baptist Sem Seminary and uh, served at Saddleback as a volunteer, a staff member, eventually a pastor and an elder as Celebrate Recovery grew across denominations and ministry networks. It became the top outreach ministry at Saddleback with 70% of participants coming from outside the church. Uh, Mac and Mary Owen, who are the national director and national training coach for Celebrate Recovery, said in a Facebook post, John touched more people with the healing power and grace of Jesus Christ than anyone else that I have ever known personally. And one of those lives was mine. Uh, Celebrate Recovery roots the 12 steps in biblical principles and its final step charges participants to use their recovery to spread the good news. Uh, the program is not something that you complete and then all of a sudden, hey, I'm better. See ya, Baker would often say. There's always... Uh, they're always there to help somebody if they're struggling. They know that it worked for them, and that's the greatest story they have. 
The ministry has expanded to serve the incarcerated. As uh, we said earlier, the program became adopted by state prison systems in New Mexico, California, and many other states. Prison Fellowship President James J. Ackerman collaborated with Baker to add Celebrate Recovery Inside to its curricula. Uh, Ackerman wrote, John was a great leader, and he will be greatly missed, but the impact of his faithful obedience will go on for generations. Uh, I take comfort in the thought that as John enters the presence of his Lord, he will hear the words, great, John, you did it. Which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Baker, of course, survived by his wife and Celebrate Recovery co-founder, Cheryl, uh, their children, Johnny and Jenny Baker, and Laura and Brian Gibney, and their grandchildren. Um, He did struggle with, I don't remember what kind of cancer, but he Mm -hmm. had a a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. Not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we said, this was kind of a sudden occurrence. They mm-hmm. didn't expect this and see this coming. There wasn't really a downturn from what we can tell. Right. Uh, to see this coming on. And so it was kind of a shock and a very kind of a sad shock because, again, as we said, this is the 30th anniversary and their summit, their big, big um, meeting that I think they're still trying to have an in person version for uh-huh. uh, is was just a couple months away mm-hmm. and uh it's 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 i, I have a feeling it's going to be a somber event a bit this year uh maybe not maybe not as some somber maybe they'll they'll be able to focus on celebrating his life a lot more but i'm sure the plans for it have changed drastically as to the tone of the event sure uh already but uh we're, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about how John's ministry has changed our lives. But first, it's time for the moment. Stick around. There are a few things in life you can count on, but one of them without a doubt is change. People change, our tastes change, fashion trends change, standards change. The only thing you can really count on, aside from God, is things not staying the same for too long. Tupac wasn't lying when he said, that's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. The question really is, how do you handle change? When everything you've come to love and feel comfortable with comes crumbling down, what is your gut reaction? Fear? Panic? Anger? isolation? Or maybe you're one of the few who thrive on change. Maybe it is in those times that you find yourself energized and motivated, excited about the unknown. Whichever side of the coin you find yourself, I'm sure we can all agree the Bible urges us toward change. When we give our lives to God, he stirs up a desire inside of us to change. Little by little, the person we always were gives way to the person we were created to be. In this way, change is good. While it may still be hard, we take delight in seeing the transformation from self to selfless, sinner to sanctified. Just as Paul encourages us in Romans 12, 1-2 to be transformed in the newness of our minds as a show of worship and true praise, we can embrace life's many changes with the same joy, knowing and understanding that nothing comes to us without first passing through the Lord. So wherever life finds you today, whatever season of change is upon you, a new job, a move, changing family dynamics, or an unwanted fashion faux pas, breathe in the truth that through every change God brings you to, He will assuredly bring you through.
to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And today we're talking about Celebrate Recovery and its late founder, John Baker. And uh, let's just get right to it here. John Baker was the catalyst to begin an amazing program, but nothing made him any different from any of us. He's just ready and willing to be used by God, and God blessed that, and then used John and Cheryl's willingness to launch a fantastic program. One of the things that I, uh, a verse that I really love, and I don't know it off the top of my head now, but we read it all the time in CR, uh, goes, I'm sure that the good work that God has started in you he will continue on in you until the day that Jesus Christ returns. Mm -hmm. And what I like about that verse is that it doesn't say God will continue growing that good work in you until the day that you die. Mm -hmm. It says until the day Jesus Christ returns, which is likely long past your death, which tells me that this is actually talking about a legacy God is building in you. You're not, not anything special, but he is something special and he will take all your garbage, all your crap, all the mistakes that you've made that you have surrendered to him and make it into something beautiful that will be a, a drop in the ocean that mm -hmm. sends ripples out. Yeah. And that could be ending a generational sin in your family. Like maybe you're an alcoholic because, well, partially because your dad was an alcoholic. This could be your chance to end that, to hand that over to God and God can step in and say, and it stops here. Mm -hmm. Or it could be getting involved in CR yourself and helping be a sponsor, be a accountability partner for other people. Uh, it could be something completely different that happens all because you decided to hand your life over to God. It has nothing, maybe has nothing to do with recovery, but does have something to do with furthering God's kingdom and ministry. All of these things can happen because you surrender yourself to God fully, wholly, not just one thing, not just the addiction, but all of it, mm -hmm. all of you. You give to God and God continues to grow a good work in you that will last far beyond you. And so that's been kind of my driving force, that idea of I don't want to leave a legacy that's about me. Like we played that game and the thing was brought up, you know, what, what would... Matt most like to be, and it's all a famous singer, famous athlete or whatever. And, you know, I picked famous singer because that was the best of the four options. But like mm -hmm. I said, I don't really want to be a famous singer. I don't want to be anybody famous. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to see my name up somewhere as something special. Uh, that's supposed to be the legacy of mine. Like I I'm happy doing some of these things and sure some of that with the radio or with Twitch or whatever gets my name out there. But Ultimately, if all that dries up tomorrow, I'm fine because that's not my goal in life. My goal in life is to be used by God to do whatever he wants me to do. Mm -hmm. I can't say that that was my goal 16 years ago. Uh, I got involved in CR 15 years ago, halfway into the life of the program. <clears throat> and uh, I won't get too deep into my story, but I had I had some major addictions that were ruining my life and could have very well destroyed my marriage and my everything that I loved, honestly. And so I kind of went not so much unwillingly, but half-heartedly because I was a defeated man at that point. And so I only went pretty much on advice of my pastor. We had one program here on our town uh, at a bigger church and there were quite a few people there. And so I kind of felt okay going because there were so many people I could kind of just hide in the back, typical back row Baptist and not really be noticed. 
but when I went that first night, they just happened to be starting a new group that night specifically for the reason I was coming. And I'm like, well, if that's not the biggest sign from God that I was supposed to be here tonight, then I don't know what is. And so that's how I introduced myself in the group. I said, hey, I'm, I'm Matt, and the reason this group exists is because I'm here. And the leader's like, oh, well, I thought this was my idea. And I'm like, oh, it was, but uh, just God's timing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's it took it took a lot. It took several years. It took four years for me to really get this stuff uh, to do it right, to not relapse, to not try and cut corners. And I think pretty much everybody who starts in the program, you know, has at least a period of that where you're trying to do it as easy as you possibly can, or as quick as you possibly can. Cause this is typically some of the worst years of your life that brought you here. It's usually you're hitting rock bottom or there's an ultimatum or there's a legal requirement for you to be here. There's something bad. It's rarely a good reason that you start attending celebrate recovery or any 12 step program. Uh, but once I stopped doing that, you know, I was able to actually work the steps the way, you know, God intended. And I did. And, uh, I am happy to say that I'm coming up on 11 years of sobriety from, from what brought me to CR. And if you'd asked me if that would ever be possible, even in the first couple of years of me doing CR, I would have thought, no, absolutely not. There's no way I'm stuck in this for the rest of my life. And to look back and see now that it's been 11 years since I've slipped up like that, that's crazy to me. And I've been honored to be in leadership positions with CR. Um, when I, when my wife and I moved back to, to uh, our hometown here in 2011, I was asked to help relaunch the program at our home church. Cause while we were, while we were living in Albuquerque, they had tried to start it up here and they'd gone about a year and then it kind of fizzled out. And so we were going to restart it and, uh, it's still going. Uh, you hear me talk about it all the time that on Thursday nights we do celebrate recovery here. And, uh, I got to be like the side leader for, for several of that, those years, uh, to my buddy Cipriano Martinez. And then when he stepped down, I got to take on the mantle of main ministry leader and, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm great at it, <laughs> but I've been honored to be in that position. Uh, and uh, Mo for a while was, and I'll let her tell you the story, but for a while she was my co-leader. And uh, right now, uh, Hillary Berkey, who we've also talked about a lot on the podcast, serves as my co-leader. And uh, it's been it's been quite the journey. I've been honored to sponsor a lot of people who dealt with the same issues as I have. I've been uh, beyond honored to walk people through, uh, giving their lives to Christ on three occasions, uh, at CR. And those are the best nights. Those are the best, most celebratory nights, but the difference between, uh, CR and a typical 12 step program as the way I see it is exactly what John Baker was thinking when he started it is, you know, AA still has a you know higher power, but that higher power can be whatever you want it to be in AA. Uh, and it's really kind of frowned upon to talk specifically about what your higher power is, especially if it's Jesus. Here, 
and CR, we name it. It's Jesus. Our higher power is Jesus Christ, the only true higher power that will work with this program. And uh, the fact that the 12 steps have been uh, paired up with their biblical comparisons just shows that, well, yeah, this is this, this has been the plan all along. <laughs> you know, these are the kind of things that we were supposed to be doing all along. It really becomes uh, almost a discipleship program that teaches you to be who you're supposed to be. One of the things that we always talk about is how CR is really church, how church should be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I think we talked about it a couple of days ago, the idea that we're supposed to be sharing our, uh, it's James five sixteen I think that says, uh, confess your sins to each other and pray mm-hmm. for each other so that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds nice. But when you think about your church, who's really confessing their sins to each other, right? It's not saying go confess to a priest. It's not saying just talk to your pastor. It's saying this is your community. If one of you is slipping up, express that problem and get help from your fellow believers. And that's something we don't see a lot in church, but it is something we see abundantly Mm -hmm. in CR programs. And so now, uh, this is the, well, the 10th year that I've been in either the main ministry leader or co-ministry leader position. Uh, and this will probably be my final year in the main ministry position here. Uh, but as John Baker said in the, uh, in the quote from that article we read, it doesn't just mean you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll always be here for people who need help jumping on this road to recovery, people who need sponsorships, accountability, and stuff like that. I will always be ready f- to give back to my recovery, uh, and even if it's not in the main ministry role anymore. But uh, it's definitely been an honor to be a part of it for 15 years. 15 years is a long time. Mm-hmm. That's a, almost half my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Mo. You share your story here for a bit. Uh, well, I, as you were sitting telling your story, it really caused me to take a look back and really remember when I got involved with Celebrate Recovery. And it was six years ago this month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Chris and I were at the lowest point in our marriage that we had ever been in, have ever been in since. Um, and much like you, it was advised, hey, why don't you guys just come to Celebrate Recovery? And of course, I'm thinking, I know everything that's going on in our marriage. I know everything that is awful about our life currently. And yeah, absolutely, my husband needs recovery. <laughs> <laughs> So sure, I'll go for him. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, But anyone who's been to Celebrate Recovery knows that, you know, that that is a good way to get in the door, but it's not what keeps you there. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely um, a reality or a thought, I should say, a thought that quickly gets broken within the first First couple times of attending, if not the first time that you walk through the door. For me, it was the first time that I I walked through the door and I sat through a praise and worship service and spirit just broken. I was just done. And I thought, I have not done church like this in far too long. 
it's not okay how long it has been <laughs> since I have done church like this. Um, and so I was, I was sold within the first 10 minutes of praise and worship. I was sold. I was like, okay, we, we don't have to go to church on Sunday anymore. We don't have to go to church on Wednesday anymore. We just come to celebrate recovery on Thursday. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and I do think that I remember saying within the first month to two months, this is how church is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. This is what it's supposed to be like. Um, just that feeling of family, that feeling of safety, safety, yeah, being welcomed, true, genuine love. You know, we all knew that we were there for a reason. Mm-hmm. We all knew that we were there to get better, if you will. It didn't necessarily matter what that reason was. We didn't have to, we weren't forced to explain all the dirty. It was in our time. Yeah. Um, but those things didn't matter. It was simply that we were all there together to love each other, to hold each other accountable, to walk together through whatever our individual recovery looked like, because it was different for every single person. Mm-hmm. Even those who struggled with the same, the same thing, you know, um, your recovery still looks different. Right. It'll take a different amount of time. Mm-hmm. You'll spend more time on one step than another. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were all there to walk the journey together. Um, and that is just something to me that is so, so beautiful and so individual to celebrate recovery. I don't think I've ever been to, um, a church service or to any sort of, um, secular recovery program of any sort where you feel this tight knit closeness of a family with Mm -hmm. each other. And so quickly, um, (laughs) so I was sold from the get go right away, jumped right in, immediately started going to small group, immediately started sharing possibly more than what I needed to. Um, let it all out. Yeah. But that's me. That's me. (laughs) Um, and it definitely was the catalyst that I needed to really realize that while there were things within our marriage that I thought were solely Chris's fault. There were things deep within me that needed to be healed that had nothing to do with Chris, but were affecting our marriage. Um, and so just through that process, just being able to be real and honest with myself and with my past and things that, um, I really didn't even have any control over in my life, but still affected me. Um, I was able to do a lot of healing, a lot of healing that I didn't even realize was necessary. And through that, after, I guess, after six, six months, um, I started to sit down and really consider writing my testimony Mm. and what that looked like. Um, and then it's been five years, five consecutive years without, um, not trusting Chris fully and completely. And that was the one thing in my recovery, 
um, the one hang up that I had, if you will, that kept me in celebrate recovery was my lack of trust for my husband. And that was stemmed from a lot of abuse as a child, a lot of trauma that I suffered in my teen years, um, that had absolutely nothing to do with Chris, but it was affecting our marriage and ended up being one of the biggest reasons why we were in the rocky place that we were in six years ago. Um, and so for a lot of people within recovery to hear, okay, you went, you were in a recovery program for trust. Oh, okay. <laughs> that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but sure. Um, what you have to understand is that any, um, dependency that you have in your life, anything that controls you drives you, whether it be chemical or, um, a shopping addiction or, um, a, an addiction, um, in sexual relation of some sort, there's anger problems. All of all kinds of things. All the addictions that you can see tangibly are stemmed from a or a character defect. Yeah. So it's something that's inward, and so just because my my inward character defects had not quite manifested into anything outwardly that you could physically and tangibly touch or see, um, it was affecting every facet of my life. Mm. It was affecting me as a mother and the relationship with my children. It was affecting my marriage. It was affecting my relationship with both of my parents and siblings. Um, I have had trust issues within friendships. It is just something that you don't even really begin to process or realize until you're in a recovery program that things you have yet to deal with internally that cause you hurt and pain will eventually manifest themselves in a negative form or fashion in your relationships, in your life, unless they're dealt with. And that's the beauty of Celebrate Recovery because it deals with those character defects. It doesn't simply deal with a dependency, but it takes it a step farther and says, okay, well, what is causing that dependency? in your life? What is this character defect? And then furthermore, what caused that character defect? Let's mm -hmm. get to the origin of the problem and let's heal from it. Um, which I think is just, there is no recovery unless you're willing to go all the way back to step one, if right. you will. Yeah, you learn really quickly that the reason that you came to CR is not the thing that you're coming to fix. Exactly. <laughs> because that is just a symptom of a much deeper issue. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, if you take alcohol away from an alcoholic and you just simply cut off that um, accessibility, but you don't deal with the problem, you don't deal with the pain that brought that alcoholic to alcohol they will find some other way to cope and deal. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is. You have to really get to the root of your issue, whatever it is. And we all have them every single one of us. Um, you have to get to the root of that issue. And that's another reason that I love celebrate recovery is for, we talked about it. We'll mentioned it briefly is that pre-covery that yeah. they focus on. Um, they have a program for kids called celebration place. Knowing that, 
Um, this is going to be, well, hoping that I should say, hoping that this will be kind of a family place. You come with your family, you have a safe place to deal with any hurts, habits, and hangups in your life. Well, you have to have somewhere to send your kids, you know, going, bringing your kids into small group with you while you talk about all the nitty gritty is not safe. So they have to have somewhere. Well, they wanted more than just a nursery or more than just childcare. And what better way than to utilize the fact that a lot of our trauma, a lot of our pain begins in our childhood. And so they're talking with these kids on a level that children understand and can process that the way you handle a situation now will affect you in your adulthood Mm -hmm. and start to give them healthy coping techniques, healthy strategies to combat those not so healthy (laughs) techniques that we, we tend to pick up as teenagers and adults. Um, and it's been really neat in that aspect to see from my two oldest, some of the things that they still remember from celebration place, some of the lessons that they learned. And, you know, even going through this last year, um, last through 2020 and having my oldest just have this really solid, firm foundation of this is why certain people act the way that we do. It's not because of this, 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 or this, but it's just a coping technique, you know, having being for him to be able to, at a young age, be able to realize and pinpoint, this doesn't have to do with me. This reaction, this out of control reaction that someone is, is showing towards me right now doesn't have to do with me. It has to do with them. And I'm going to offer forgiveness. That's something that he learned in celebration place (laughs) years ago. And it's something that I'll be eternally grateful for that pre-covery that my kids were exposed to. Um, and hopefully has enough of an impact within their lives to where their future is going to look far different than what my future, what my present and past has looked like. Yeah. You know, um, I think I talked about how I love celebration place for the kids, the pre-covery aspect talked about how this is what church is supposed to look like. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that kind of gets glossed over or forgotten a lot, and it's right in the title, but the celebration Mm. that we have regularly, weekly, Every time that we meet, Mm -hmm. every time we're together, it is legitimately a celebration to see each other, to be together, to um, just be checking up on each other. Pre-COVID, we would share a meal. And so just sitting together and enjoying that fellowship and just talking, it was a celebration. But then once a month, you would have chip night Mm -hmm. where you would offer... Um, time to celebrate your, I can't think of the word. Sobriety accomplishments, sobriety milestones. Mm -hmm. There you go. go. Um, and where you would receive chips and it was a celebration Mm -hmm. every time. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter if it was the 30 day chip, chip, if it was 90 day, if it was 
18 months if it was 20 years. The celebration was all still the same for every person across the board. It was just the same for the blue chip. And the blue chip is your first chip, that admittance chip, that I am admitting that there is something within my life holding me back from being the person that I'm created to be. And I'm taking the first step today towards putting that life behind me and walking towards the life that God has created for me. And that celebration was just the same (laughs) as a 20 year chip, which I just think is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely extraordinary. Um, The first time, actually I can't say the first time, really the only time that I met John Baker was at a one day summit. Um, Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot you mm -hmm, went to that. In Oklahoma. And I immediately remember thinking, this dude does not care about us. Why am I having, we got to have dinner with him. (laughs) Why am I going to have, I don't mean anything to him. Hadn't spoken to him. Hadn't said anything. I just knew that I was going to have dinner with the John Baker. Yeah. And we get there and we sit down and we're at our table and he comes right over and he knew we went, Cipriano was with us. And so he knew Sippy. He had already met Sippy and everybody remembers Sippy. I don't know why, but everybody, everybody (laughs) remembers Sippy. So John comes over and he's talking to Sippy and then he looks at Chris and I and just starts to talk to Chris and I as if he had known us our entire lives. Yeah. And that was for 30 minutes, just stood there and talked to us and got to know us. And he and Chris bonded over the Air Force and, you know, their both of their shared times. And there was a sense of family, a sense of familiarity with someone who I had never even met. And then the first time that I went to a summit and there were thousands mm-hmm. of people from across the world And instantly I kind of felt that same sense of family Yeah. with people I'd never laid eyes on in my entire (laughs) life, but I'm walking past them and it's, there was no stranger. We all knew each other and we were all there to support and love and encourage each other. And that's all that mattered. And for that to be the legacy of John Baker and for that to be the legacy of Celebrate Recovery, I can't think of anything better. I really can't. Yeah. To me, I don't think that there's anything more similar to the legacy of Jesus, the legacy that Jesus left of family and community than what Celebrate Recovery is. When you, you said that um, when you put the steps up against its biblical... Verse comparisons. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um, that it just makes sense. This is how it's supposed to have always been. I believe wholeheartedly that this is how it ha- was supposed to have always been from the beginning, mm-hmm. from day one. 
this is what Jesus meant. Yeah. He knew. This was the reason for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the problems. I think we talked about it a little bit with the, uh, on Monday when we were talking about churches and young adults and, you know, how churches act and react to things. And that's one of the things is church as, as a whole has almost sanitized itself to a point where we're afraid to get our hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is one of those situations where you see how Celebrate Recovery operates compared to how a normal Sunday goes. And it's not that, you know, normal Sunday is operating wrong, but you do see how so many things could be done better mm-hmm. if we just adopted the same kind of mindset that a lot of our CR programs, at least the CR program done right, <laughs> does. And uh, it has encouraged me in many ways to rethink how I interact with people, not just in church, but in general. Uh, before CR, I would argue with you online at the drop of a hat for the the littlest thing that I disagreed with. But upon going through CR, understanding a court, one of the things you talked about that, you know, everybody, everybody has these things that kind of guide how they react in life. Mm-hmm. And that it's a lot of our negative reactions are just coping mechanisms. You know, seeing life through that lens, seeing other people through that lens, especially, uh, either someone we would deem as a hypocritical believer or just a non-believer in general, seeing how they respond instead of me getting angry or upset at them, it's easier for me to see there's something that probably led them to that reaction. Right. It's easier to see with a more compassionate mindset than, than just a reactionary, Mm -hmm. uh, mindset. Uh, it really changes the way you do your entire life. You know, he said, you're not coming to CR just for that one addiction, even though it feels like it when you step through the door the first time. You're really coming to surrender all of you, your whole life, how you react. It changes the way you react, changes the way you relate to people. It changes your mind. It rewrites your brain. The, the, the biggest lie, one of the biggest lies out in the world right now is that people don't change. People are changing every day. All people do is change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the question is, is are, are you changing for the better? Or are you changing for the worse? And Celebrate Recovery has really, really helped a, thousands and thousands of people change for the better. Yeah. And this program might not have existed had John Baker not been receptive to the call of God in his life in the midst of his own addiction and recovery process. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this, this is a, a legacy, uh, worth being envious of almost, you know, it's, it's, this is such a a fantastic legacy that he is leaving. Uh, and he has left such a, a, a fantastic team, uh, nationally, you know, behind to continue running. In fact, you know, he hasn't really been running the program in in several years. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's been more the behind the scenes guy for a lot of stuff, but, uh, he, uh, he, his, his, the way he has touched all these lives is incalculable. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not possible 
to really judge just how much good has come from his obedience to God Mm -hmm. and how much God has done through this program and will continue to do throughout the entirety of the rest of existence until the day Jesus Christ returns. Yeah. Even if the program itself ends, the ripples that have been set out from all the lives that have been changed will continue on. Yeah. Uh, So I'm honored to have been a part of this, uh, to even have that just in common with mm-hmm. John Baker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We are just two representatives of two families who will forever be changed. Our families, families, families will forever be changed, which is really cool to think. Mm-hmm. It is almost... it. There are no words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you consider already just between the two of us, the generational curses, if you will, that are ending within our family simply because John Baker wrote out a 13 page paper. <laughs> Hoping someone else would start a program. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the coolest things that happened was uh, I got to attend the 25th anniversary Celebrate Recovery Summit uh, five years ago, and they handed out a copy of that original letter. Yeah. A 13-page letter. And getting to read through that and see John's mindset from the beginning uh, was pretty, pretty cool. And uh, they also recorded, him and his wife recorded their testimony that year for the first time on like DVD to be sent out to different programs to share them, you know, on testimony nights. And, uh, we got to watch that this past week, uh, this past Thursday night and, uh, you know, talk about John's passing and and his legacy. And it's, uh, it really is an incredible story. So if you have the opportunity to hear his testimony, him and his wife, Cheryl's testimony, uh, go search that out Mm -hmm. uh, because it's, it's a powerful story. And uh, if you are someone who recognizes that you struggle with some sort of hurt habit or hang up, uh, and that can be, you know, like we said, it could be chemical dependency, you know, the thing that you would typically associate with a 12-step program, or it could be codependency, you know, it could be anger, it could be uh, gambling, it could be, you know, pretty much anything that is hindering your walk with Christ, anything Mm -hmm. that you run to instead of God. Uh, you can even have a, an addiction to your romantic relationships where you're putting your spouse or, 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 you know, girlfriend, boyfriend or whatever on a pedestal that God should be on. And that's causing problems. <laughs> All of those things uh, you can work on through Celebrate Recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we said, the 12 steps work you know, the, the journey, the recovery journey is different for everybody, but the 12 steps are the same and they tend to work for everybody. Uh, so I would encourage you to give it a try. It's almost certain that there is a CR in your area, uh, these days. So you can go to celebraterecovery.com and there's a locator, uh, section there that you just put in your zip code and it'll show you all the CRs around your area. We'd really encourage you to give it a shot. Yeah. If you're upright and listening, Find Celebrate Recovery. <laughs> and uh, the, the thing that we always say is give it six weeks. If, uh, if you don't make it to the end of that six weeks uh, thinking that that's the place where you belong, 
then we'll gladly give you your misery back. <laughs> you can do with it what you will. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> All right, we're going to take one more break. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to share something that we love. More Back Row Morning Show to come. Stick around. What up, nerd? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. We hope you're enjoying it. But hey, did you know that Love Thy Nerd airs almost all of its podcasts first on LTN Radio? That's right. LTN Radio is your home for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music. And it's also the place to go to hear Love Thy Nerd's content before it reaches the podcast feed. In addition to that, Love Thy Nerd creates a lot of content that's exclusive to LTN Radio that you're missing out on. So go check out LTNOnAir.com and listen for yourself. You can also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone and search in favorite LTN Radio or enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now let's get you back to that podcast. the back row morning show as things are winding down for the day but first we're gonna share something that we love this week okay i always have to do the what's it called i have to give a, a briefing about my you always, yeah you always have to have a rundown of why you love this thing i just don't want for anybody to like judge me too harshly okay <laughs> you ready sure my bathtub <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. For Christmas, Chris got me one of those things that sits across. It's a tray. The, the tray that sits across the entire oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, width yeah. of the bathtub. We have a jetted tub. Jetted. Jetted. We have lived in our house for almost seven years. And prior to 2021, <laughs> I had probably taken three baths in that tub. Okay. And I finally got tired and I was like, you know what? This is just, I'm wasting it. I need to, I need to take a bath. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Chris bought one of the trays that sits across the width of the tub that has the little cup holder and the place for the book. Game changer. Mm. Okay. But then I started to realize, well, it's kind of uncomfortable to sit in here for a long amount of time. Sure, there's the jets, but. The bathtub itself is kind of hard. So for Valentine's Day, I got a suction pillow for the side of the tub. (laughs) And I'm telling you, the only thing I need in there now is a television up on the wall. (laughs) And I may never leave my bathtub. It really has become one of my favorite places. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Well, on a completely different track, my (laughs) my thing that I love uh, is a devotional book that was actually given to me a while back uh, that is very good. It's from from Mr. Max Lucado, who Mm. you will know has written 100,000 books. 100,000 books. I think that's about the right amount. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He came up with a devotional called Grace for the Moment, Morning and Evening Edition, which is a... Devotional, of course, you start your day with and you end your day with. But it is basically a collection of different passages from all of his different books slammed together into this cool devotional. Uh, It's probably my favorite devotional I've ever had. And uh, I just found it again uh, as we were moving uh, 
rearranging our house and moving the office and I found it as we were going through all the books. And so I'm, I have started using that again. Uh, and it's just lovely. You can find it online for like 16 bucks. It's a really, really good book. What's it called again? Grace for the moment, morning and evening edition. Okay. All right. All right, guys, that is, oh, no, wait, verse, sorry, verse for the day, versey verse. Verse for the day is James 1, 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can find the LTN Radio, wait, you can find LTN Radio in the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. As always, make sure you're following us on all the socials at at the back row LTN at LTN on air and at love thy nerd and the back row morning show has its own Facebook group community for Christian humor back row Baptist church. So search us out and join in on the fun. Lastly, remember that we air first exclusively on LTN radio LTN on air.com every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the back row morning show podcast version on Spotify, Apple podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate, five stars and leave a review. All of that helps us out immensely. Join us tomorrow morning for Back Row Rewind as we talk about all things it's okay to hate. Mo, final thought? Let's recover and celebrate together. (laughs) Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd. (laughs)